situation you can choose one of your sons and um, I just need one and then I'll call you up okay well in the book reset the first the first day which is today it starts out with praying to God for a desire to pray my prayer heroes Ian Bounds uh, Civil War chaplain who is I call him the apostle of prayer. If you are even thinking about ministry, get his book, The Power of Prayer. And after it brings you under tremendous uh, conviction, you, you will, it'll change your prayer life. But you know, when it comes to, to pray, he said, he said, there's no excuse not to pray. Are you hearing me? Uh, are you out there? Okay. There's no excuse not to pray. And he said, he said, so even if you don't have a desire to pray, pray for a desire to pray. So there's no excuse. And God will give you a desire to pray. Now, the, the thing that he's about is that when he gives you the desire to pray, usually he'll probably send some problems that will make you pray. Okay. So if your prayer life, if you're getting a lot of problems, God is encouraging you to pray more. Turn your name and say he's talking about you. Okay. David says in Psalm 27, verse 4, King James Version, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that one thing will I, will see, I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I, I want to speak on the subject raising the bar. Raising the bar. And I want to announce to you that God is raising the bar and you and I are going to have to decide if we're going to raise the bar. What my father preached a message decades ago that has, that there's certain sermons that just become the, the fabric of this church. And the message he preached before all of this was a message called the Abba people. And it's from the book of Joshua. How many of you were there when he originally spoke it? Yeah, see, about three, four of us, see. <laughs> and that's probably how many was that Sunday morning service at that time. <laughs> but he, he said, the Abba people are the people that Joshua was leading across Jordan into the promised land. And Joshua said to the people, get ready to cross over because you have never been to this place before. I'm going to shout out from the rooftops that 
until you either get it or God hurts you. That God is doing a new thing, which means if he's doing a new thing, you don't know what he's doing. Let me say that again. That's why Corinne's message was so on point because the title of her sermon was Trust Issues. You're going to have to trust God because he's going to take us places we have never been before. Which means, tell your neighbor, because you may not want me to hear it, say, neighbor, where you're going, there is no script for it. Some of you are looking for a script. Some of you are trying to go to a workshop, a conference, a book, YouTube. You're trying, and God is saying, where I'm taking you, you haven't been before. In fact, nobody's been before. You may get bits and pieces, but where I'm taking you, you're going to have to trust me. And if where God's taking you, you don't need him, then it's not God. David, uh, there are various opinions of why David wrote this psalm. But most people agree that he was in a distressful situation. Uh, Charles Spurgeon says, and I'll borrow his, his theory on this, David is hiding in the, among the priests in the tabernacle. And some of you remember he was hungry, and, he, and, and the priest says, hey, you can eat the showbread. And then David's like, I need a weapon. And the priest said, hey, you know, I, we still have the sword that you killed Goliath with. And they gave him a sword. So David and his men leave. And you got to remember, from the time David gets this prophetic word, the devil is hunting him down to destroy his destiny. So Saul, so, so, his, so Samuel comes and anoints David king, chooses him over all his brothers, as a matter of fact, uh, David was not even in the place where he should have been found because his, fa his own father forgot him. And Samuel had to say, is there another person? Do you have another son? Because I know the God Lord has sent me, and I'm only seeing seven sons, and God says, none of these jokers. And that's the urban version. And so what happens is that he said, well, I have another son, but he's in the field, and get him, and so he gets him, and God says, this is the one. The point is, is that you don't have to push yourself in the face of God. He will find you wherever you are. I've had people ask me, how did you become pastor of this church? I said, I was the last man standing. Sometimes, God knows that man won't choose you, so he gets people to leave, so that you're, you're the only choice. That's why you got to stick it out because God is saying, in order for you to get a promotion, I need you to stick it out so that you can be the only choice. Girlfriend, turn you down 18 times, but now you're the only dude. Uh, let me just look. <laughs> like that one, didn't you? <laughs> uh, no. I'm quite sure you've given that counsel to a number of like, yo, dude. <laughs> Wait it out. <laughs> After a while, she got to catch some kind of bus. Mm. Ooh, I am preaching up in this church. 
People are like, what happened on that cruise? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so you all just leave my message. So now, now, so what happens is that now Saul comes, shows up with his men, and he is furious uh, because the priests allow David to escape. And so he says to his men, kill all the priests. And, of course, the, the, the uh, Jewish uh, men, the soldiers, are like, no, we ain't killing the priests. So then there's this guy named Doag the Edomite. He says, I'll kill them all. And he, he kills all of the priests. Say, uh, Eden represents the flesh. And if you don't kill the flesh, the flesh will kill you. And so David is running for his life, and that's why he says, if I could have one wish, after running throughout this country as, as to now, instead of living in Bethlehem, I'm living in a cave called Adullam. If I can get one wish, I want to be in the house of God. One thing have I desired of the Lord. This word desire you see, and, and, and what you need to understand that as we are moving, can you can pass my cell phone? Yeah. As we're moving in this season, we're reading a book called Reset. But please understand, God is not simply going to reset your prayer life. He's going to reset you. Resets only happen out of desperation. They are never comfortable. Are you with me? There are times when you, your, your cell phone is acting up and they say to you, the only hope for this cell phone is to reset it to factory settings, which means all that you've accumulated, you will lose. Which means you're going to have to start over again. And God, for some of you, he is, going, he is resetting your life. You're like, God, what are you doing? I, I, no, I, was, I was here, and now i got to start all over again. And God is saying, because where I'm taking you, you can't take the old information and the old apps that were in you because I'm doing a new thing. This word desire is a Hebrew word, and... and <laughs> Jesus, thank you. And, and this word, this word, desire, the Hebrew word, and I won't give you the Hebrew word because you don't care, but th this word, it means to beg. It means to ask a favor of, and it means to require. To beg, to ask a favor of, and to require. So, to beg. The picture of beg is, 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 um, it's based, it actually becomes the foundation of a song that we sing in a hymn, uh, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, Hear My, come on, y'all old school, While another's doubt calling, do not pass me by, Savior, Savior. My humble cry. 
by. In Mark chapter 10, verse 47, there's a blind man named Bartimaeus. If you grew up in church, a sanctified church, he was called blind Bartimaeus. What's frustrating about that is that he was, he was defined by his circumstances. He was defined by his circumstances. Some of you are defined by your circumstances. And he hears that Jesus is passing by. And he hears the ruckus and he says, because he can't see, and he's a beggar. He says, what's, what's, the, what's the noise about? And they said, Jesus, the carpenter, Jesus Nazareth passing by. And of course, he could, he's blind, but he can certainly hear. And he heard about the miracles. So he says, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him, you need to, you need to, you need to calm down. You need to chill out. And he said, Jesus! Bible said he cried out even more. Some of you all are too cool to get blessed. So he's made your situation so desperate that you are crying out the more. See, it's not God saying he wants you to beg. It is God saying he wants us to be desperate. The word desperate means without hope. I have no other options. And God, some of you here, God has just blown up every plan. He has stripped your safety net. And now the only one you have left is him. Isn't it a shame? Isn't it a shame when people say, man, your situation is so bad. I guess the only thing you can do now is trust God. How, how do you think God feels about that? Like, like, right, really? That, that's what it comes down to? Like, 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 I guess you got to trust God. Bartimaeus know, knew that he was at a situation and he had this window of opportunity. And some of you, you have a window of opportunity. What did I say? What did I say? Now, you English majors, what's a window? It, you don't have to say, a w it's a window. It's one window. See, some of you think that God is going to give you another opportunity. What if this is the last opportunity? You're trying to wait for it to be convenient. You're trying to make me know, I got to split my schedule. No, why are you having a fast you know, right now? You know, April vacation's coming up. And then, 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 and God said, all right, all right. No, no, you can stay. No, no problem. You can stay where you are. Why can't I do a consecration in, in, in June? When, when, uh, what? And God said, no, no, no. Have it your way. Take the opportunity for whatever God is telling you to do. Not just consecration, whatever he's telling you to do. And then there's asking a favor for. Asking a favor for. There's this Canaanite woman in Matthew chapter 15 who comes to Jesus. You know the story. He comes, she comes to Jesus. My, my daughter is sick uh, or, or demon possessed or whatever she is. She, she's not well. He, she comes to Jesus. Jesus, says, Jesus ignores her. Then Jesus says, um, I haven't come to you. Then the disciples say, get out of here. We don't want to deal with you. And then finally Jesus calls her a dog. And she says, yes, but even the dogs eat crumbs from the master's table. In other words, I know I'm a Gentile, I'm a, I know I'm a Gentile but I'm asking you a favor. Treat me like a child of 
Israel. And the Bible says God blessed her. And then there's request. The word request, re means again, and questo mean, quest means to seek. Seek again and again and again. Some of us need to keep going after God until he blesses us. This is found in, in Luke chapter 18. The widow woman, in verse 5, the judge says, this widow woman keeps coming, and, and it says that he, she, keeps, she keeps harassing me and harassing me and harassing me. And finally, he says, I'm not, I don't, I'm not afraid of God. I'm not afraid of man. Uh, but this woman keeps harassing me. Just give her what she wants. Sometimes God is saying, how badly do you want what you want? Are you going to keep going back to God and going back? to God and going back to God. There's a scripture that says, I wish I put it down, it says, you who are God's rememberers, keep call upon him until he makes Jerusalem a praise. In other words, what do you mean by God remember? Meaning, I'm reminding you, God, that I still believe. Now, so the word desire, one thing have a desire, God says, I need you to have the kind of desire so that you will raise the bar. A bar is something that will you can obstruct you. So what I want right now is, uh, Troy, could you come up here so I can show some of you. Uh, I, I ran this by uh, Brother Eric, and he kind of said, ooh, that one hurt. And so you get ready for some pain, okay? So um, Troy, why don't you just, it, actually, that's, that's, that's perfect. And so what I want you to do is, could you, could you sit, uh, if you can hold this bar, okay? And Peter, could you step over that bar? Was that easy? Yeah. Turn around and step back. Okay. Could you raise the bar a little higher? Okay, Peter, could you step over that bar? Very good. Very good. Step back over. Okay, could you raise the bar a little higher? Peter, can you step? <laughs> Look at his face. Look at his face. Like, that was good, Peter. Can you step? No, 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 don't lower it. You lowered it. You lowered it. But that's all right. We know what would happen if you didn't lower it. Okay, so, you know. We, never mind. I want to say that. Okay, so, he, he couldn't get over the last one. Would everybody agree? He couldn't get over it. Uh, Troy, could you step over that? Can <laughs> you step back? Okay, so notice when the bar was low, it was easy for Peter. You thinking that nothing has changed since I came down. Um, when the bar was low, it was easy for Peter to step over it. When the bar came higher, it was a little bit more difficult. Then the bar got to a certain height, and Peter could not step over it. But his father could. Okay? Now, watch this. Watch this. So, Peter, uh, put, it, put it in a place where Peter cannot step over it. Okay? So, try to step over that. You, you can't, right? No, you can't. So, um, Troy, could you pick up Peter? Okay, and could you have him step? Okay, very good. 
Very good. Very good. Now, now, here's the problem. Mo most of you want God the Father to carry you over your obstacles and your bar. Are you with me? But instead, you can put him down. Instead, God is saying, I'm not going to carry you. You need to grow up. Maybe if you would grow up, you can step over the bar. But because you don't want to grow up and you want me to carry you, he's saying, grow up. Thank you, sir. Tell your neighbor, grow up. He, 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 God is, God is raising the bar. When we wanted to grow the church, and Corinne shared this uh, last Friday, when we wanted to grow the church, I wanted to take the easy way out. Just pay money. What do you mean? Well, here's $3,000 to, it was Media One now, then it was, now it's Comcast. You run some commercials and get people to come into this church. And for six months, we ran commercials on, back then, the, the, the show was MTV, Discovery Channel. I had dudes, my dudes in, dudes in the barbershop say, hey, Rev, I saw you on television. Not one person came to church because of all those commercials. And God said, I'm raising the bar. You know how I'm going to get him in? You need to pray. Grow up in your prayer life. You grow up in your prayer life, and you'll see me respond. And some of you, God is saying, it's time to grow up. Your sorry little five-minute prayer life that you've been doing for the last 10 years ain't going to cut it for where you're going. And like a baby, you just want you in. Yeah, God said, I want you to, I want you to pray 15 minutes. No, I want to do five. I want to do five. I said, 15 minutes. This, see, see. You say, well, prove this in the scripture about raising the bar. Remember, Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, and, and at the bottom of the mountain, uh, this man comes to uh, Jesus and says, Jesus, my son's demon possessed. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus says, you all are faithless. I've been with you all these years, and you still don't get it? You've been in church all this time and you still don't get it? Bring the boy to me. Jesus casts out the demon. And the guys come to him later and said, but how come we couldn't cast him out? And he said, because you're not growing in your faith. But you've got to raise the bar because this kind ain't coming out except you pray and fast. And some of you, you need to grow in your fast life. I'm talking about you're going out without food life. Oh, let me preach this thing. We have invented all sorts of ways to fast so that we can still have our way. I'm fasting from social media. I'm fasting from the TV. God said, no, I want food. Not like God. <laughs> I'm fasting for my friends. No, I want food. I'm fasting from driving. No, I want food. 
You can tell what got a grip on you, but what by what you're fighting God to not do. Hey, clock. Are you hearing me, clock? Because it's quiet in here in this Presbyterian church. Some Presbyterian church. I'm only kidding. God is saying to us, I know you're quiet, but God is getting after some things. He says, this is the fast that I've chosen. Isaiah 58, to break the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. This is the season. This is the season. Children under eight, children 17 years and under, I don't know what your parents told you, but let me tell you, you won't die if you skip breakfast. I promise you, you won't die. It's quiet in here. People are like, don't mess with my kids. I'm, try- I'm trying to bless your children. If you can't skip breakfast, skip lunch. It's okay. You, we got to start someplace, folks. Help us, Jesus. We have become, we have Americanized our walk with God to the point that when you look at consecration in the scriptures and what we're doing, it, it is almost a joke. Demons sit there and go, <laughs> really? You expect me to leave from that? And so we're raising the bar. We're raising the bar. We're going after God like we have never gone after God before. Uh, uh, two, two week, this past Friday, Fan into Flames, they usually have their three-hour time before the Lord, 7 to 10. But there's a hunger among the young people. And they said, Bishop, the next Fan into Flames, we want to do a 12-hour shut-in. We want to go from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the presence of God on April 12th. Did I say April 12th? April 12th. Did I say, see, no, see some people didn't take it down because they're like, no, I ain't trying to do all that. <laughs> April 12th, we're going to be before God and we're going to say, God, let's see what you'll do if we give you 12 hours to do whatever you want to do. We're going to raise the bar because something is about to happen and I am not going to let me tell you something. I am not going to be on the outside looking in on what God is doing. I believe there's going to be miracles in families. I believe there's going to be turnarounds. I believe I'm believing for, for teenagers and children to have encounters with the Holy Spirit so that I no longer have to tell children or you as a parent don't have to tell children that God is real, that they will know for themselves. I believe in this house that there are some Samuels that God is raising up, three and four-year-olds who are going to be speaking in tongues, who are going to say, I, I know that God is real. I am telling you, we don't need a YouTube sensation. What we need is the Holy Ghost to grab a hold of our children so that whatever the world is doing, they can't be shaken because once you see a thing, you can't unsee it. Can I get a witness in this place? (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want everybody to stand right now. Just want to press pause just for a moment. I want everybody to stand. And if, you're, if a child is next to you, a Sunday school student is next to you, 
I want you to just put your hand on their shoulder right now and, and just let's spend a, two minutes praying for them. Let's, let's just pray, God, the blessings of the Lord upon them. Come on, let's just pray. And if there's no one child next to you, let's just pray for a few moments. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let me hear you praying, Lord. Anoint the teachers. Help our children to grow, First Peter chapter 2, through the sincere milk of the word. As the teachers are raising the bar, stir our kids to want more of Jesus. They only have one hour in Sunday school class and the other 167 hours bombarded with possibly other things. So we need you, Holy Spirit, in this one hour, this one moment, to speak to our children. Thank you, Lord, for the teen Bible quizzes and the junior Bible quizzes who have raised the bar in this church with regards to memorizing the word. They, they are forcing us as adults to know more of the word because they're, they're memorizing the word. Thank you for that, Lord. But Holy Spirit, use their Sunday school teachers to show them how to apply what they're memorizing. Oh, God. And years from now, let them look back on this season and say, you know what? It was in April. It was in April uh, 2019 that a shift took place. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit starting March 31st. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to release the Sunday school students and teachers at this time. I just want to make a couple of more points. You may be seated. I want to encourage you. Uh, we, A number of people have gotten this, purchased this book a few years ago. It's called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adelie uh, Calhoun. She actually spoke at one of our marriage retreats. She's an amazing speaker. She used to be the, uh, she used to be the uh, spiritual formation director, I believe, for Willow Creek in Illinois. She's an amazing woman. She's right now living here in Boston, Massachusetts, Arlington, I believe. If you want an opportunity, does she has, what, is it 64 disciplines? Yeah, about 64 different disciplines. Under, under prayer alone, she has 14 disciplines in prayer that, that the Lord wants to teach us. And so if you get an opportunity, it's a good resource to have. I'm not saying you have to buy it, but it's a good resource to have. She has the discipline of fasting, the discipline of waiting on God, the discipline of rest. Lord have mercy. Uh, and that's a real good book to have. Okay. Uh, David says, one thing I've ever desired, the Lord, and I will seek after. And we, 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 we know that he said, I want to. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord, and I want to inquire in his temple. That, that word inquire is a Hebrew word. Does anybody have, a, like, a real Bible? Does anybody has apps? Okay, thank you. Thank you. And he said, to, I want to inquire in his temple. The word inquire, one of the definitions of the word inquire literally is the word mirror. I want to mirror in his temple. In other words, when I am presented with the word of God, I want to see who I really am. The apostle James puts this this way in James chapter 1 verse 22. He says in New Living Translation, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. 
Otherwise, you're going, you are only fooling yourselves. Verse 23, for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like, a, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. Sometimes in the mirror of God's word, he'll show you your faults. Sometimes in the mirror of God's word, he'll show you his love. Sometime in the mirror of God's word, he'll show you that you're his child. So no matter how you feel, because you may be feeling right now, some of you may be feeling what some would call an orphan spirit. No, I, I don't belong. And God is saying, you belong to me. And that's why you need the word. James says it in the Passion Translation. He says, if you listen to the word and don't live it out, the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. It is in the house of the Lord that God shows you who you are. I said it's in the house of the Lord that God shows you who you are. It, that's why when you inquire in his temple, he, he's going to mirror who you really are. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up, Denver. You can stay there. Almost every time I see you, Denver, what do I, what do I say to you? I, what do I say? Hey, Dad. Okay. Say it out loud so they can hear. Hey, Dad. <laughs> do you have any children? No. Oh, oh, what was that? Not yet. yet not, yet. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You may be seated. So why do you call him Dad? Because he received a prophetic word. That he's going to be a good dad. And while he's outside of these walls, like most of us, we don't usually hear anything that will reinforce who God says we are. We're living in a world that constantly lies to us. You'll never be a good husband. You'll never be a good wife. You'll never be this. We're, we live in a world that's constantly tearing us down. And when we come into the house of the Lord, we have to hear something from God that says, I don't care what the world says. Look at this mirror of the word. This is who you are. You are the apple of my eye. I love you. You are a woman of God. You are a man of God. It is, a po it is possible to live for God. I don't care what your mom and dad had for a marriage. Your marriage doesn't have to be this way. You can have fullness. You're going to be a good dad. I don't care if your mother was a bad mother. You're going to be a good mother. The word of God. David said, I'm running and I, and I, and I just need to, 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 to see the word of the Lord that will remind me of my divine purpose. 
That's why my goal is when I come in here, I, you know, I, I, look, when I, I was raised in church and everybody was going to hell. Raise your hand if you were raised in that kind of church. Okay? Everybody's going to hell. And, and, and my, 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 I am determined that when you leave this place, you're going to see how God really wants to use you. You are an incredible people. You are a blessed people. And I want to remind you through the word of God, because the word of God is true and everything else is a lie. Romans chapter 3, let God be true and every man a liar. Come on, take a moment and bless God that he loves you. This whole Lent season is about you and I. For God so loved me that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have life eternal. Thank you, Jesus. No bondage. I don't have to live like this anymore. Devil is a liar. He's trying to steal your destiny. And hey, dad means that God's going to do him a favor because you can't have a hey, dad without a hey, woman. And the Bible says in Proverbs 18, he that finds a wife finds a good thing, a God thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. I only hear one man, one husband saying yes. <laughs> well, that's two of us. Amen. I'm a blessed man. Oh, yeah, I had a good, anyways. <laughs> so here's a question I want to ask you. Homework. And, and uh, musicians, you can come. During this consecration, Forget the shopping list. What's the one thing you want when Easter comes? What is the one thing you're saying, God, I am focusing my attention on this one thing? I'm not, I'm not saying you have to know right now, but I want to give you some space to allow and I like the way Corinne put it on Friday night. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 37, verse 4. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Which means that if you spend enough time in the Lord, he's going to put in your heart the one thing he wants you to desire. What is the one thing? What is the one thing? What is the one thing? For some reason, I decided to look up that word one in the Hebrew. And it has two definitions. It means to bring together into unity. Oh. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us to get this. It also means to collect one's thoughts. One thing have I desired. Collecting my thoughts for the desire. What does this mean? Can I borrow you, Elder Roy? Uh, yeah, all of you. Keep here. And then, um, if I can borrow you, Tade. And I'm going to put you here. And then, uh, Kumba. I'm going to put you here. Now, this is the challenge. This is why consecration is so important. Because it's, it's, it's impossible to pursue the one thing without the Holy Spirit doing his work. What do you mean? The Apostle Paul says to the, the church of Thessalonica, he says, may the Lord sanctify you. Spirit, soul, and body. We say body, soul, and spirit. It's spirit, soul, and body. Okay, and I hope, just like we had the bar, I hope this visual stays in your mind. So, Roy is, uh, he's in his 60s. Are you following me so far? Tade's in his 50s. And Kumba is in his 20s. Okay? So, this is the physical you. The physical you matches the the chronos or the time you. In other words, Elder Roy's birthday is August and he's going to be a certain age. So he was born over 60 years ago and this is Elder Roy. This is the, this is the Elder Roy that everybody sees. Are you following me? But then there is, so this is the Elroy body, but this is the Elderoy soul. What do you mean? Usually, you're not aware of yourself to probably around, you know, one-ish or so. Are you following me? So, so the soul, which is the way you think, the way you feel, and your decision-making, this is your soul. So, your, your body, everybody track with me? So, your body, you have five senses, okay? This, this, your body is your world consciousness. It makes you conscious of your world, okay? Your, your, your soul is your self-conscious, okay? It's the way you think. It's the way you feel, okay? But then, this, this person is your spirit. The, only Jesus. Are you with me? Only Jesus had the same age body-wise as spirit. Most of us usually don't come to Christ till later in life. Whether it's Sunday school, so, 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 
So this guy has been a lot has been around a whole lot longer than this guy. And these two dudes, they've been kind of partnering for a long time. And then all of a sudden, this guy shows up. In other words, for a while, this, these two dudes, they were like, yeah, you know, when you go in the store, hey, they have enough candy bars. They just take one. When you get, in the, when you get back in the corner, just lie. It doesn't matter. Now, all of a sudden, this dude comes along and says, guys. Jesus came into our lives and we can't do this anymore. And these dudes are like, get out of here. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so what happens is that this guy is the only person that God is talking to. And so this guy gets his information from God. Watch this. And this guy is conscience. Conscience means to know right from wrong without any evidence. And this guy is also intuition, which is, which is faith, meaning I know something even without, without evidence. I just know. So this guy receives a vision from God that says, you are going to be a man of God. You are going to be powerful. You're going to be going all over the world and preach the gospel. So he goes and tells this guy, the mind, I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to preach the gospel. Now, this guy, because he hasn't had a head of start, he starts saying things like, well, you've never been to Bible school. You, you, you know you know, you got a bad pass. And, and this guy, he's looking at this guy, and this guy, he's, basically, he's looking at the world like, oh, no, we ain't going to go into ministry. <laughs> are, you, are you following me? And, and so what happens, what happens with fasting is that this guy becomes a little weaker. And, well, this guy, he kind of says, he, he, he kind of starts reasoning, You're, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Eat that donut. We're going to die. But after a while, he humbles himself. And this guy becomes stronger, and now he's able to direct these people into the will of God. Thank you. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. So the more spiritual you become, because you're hearing from God, like Corinne said, and some of you are here, we could look at the empty pews. And though our physical man was seeing empty pews, our spiritual man was seeing a packed church. And so we started saying, you will be filled in the name of Jesus. You will be filled in the name of Jesus. I will have a good marriage. I will have good children. I don't care if all of my all of my, I don't care if everybody in my family, did, I don't care if there were generational curses where everybody had children before, prior to marriage. It's going to stop here because I heard the Lord mirror to me in the word that I'm a man of God and I'm a woman of God and that my way is going to be God's way. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can you just worship the Lord for a moment? Come on, let's bless him. Let's bless him for a moment. Bless him. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you. Thank you, Lord. I know this is a good season. This is a good season. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you do me one favor? Raise your hand if you either have a, a positive prophecy or a promise that God gave you. How many? Raise your hand if you have a promise. Or, or, okay. So this is what I want you to do. Very good. What I want you to do right now, just, just for 30 seconds, I, I want you to start speaking forth the things God promised you. Can you do that? Can you do that? I want you to say it. Don't Not in your mind. I want you to say it. God, I thank you for, and you can fill in the blank. I thank you, Lord, that all my needs are going to be met. You promised me that, Lord. I thank you that my daughters are going to have good, godly husbands who love their father-in-law. Lord, you said that. You told me that, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that for my grandchildren that you're going to give me. I thank you, Lord, for the influence that you said you're going to give Pentecostal Tabernacle in this city for your honor and glory. I thank you, Lord, that I'm going to live a long, healthy life. That's what you said, Lord. Come on, come on. Let the, let the promises of God come out of your mouth. The devil has kept some of you silent through your circumstances, through what you see. But your spirit man is being stirred by the promises that God made to you. Look in the mirror of the word and do, and do warfare as as Timothy said, do warfare with the prophecies that were spoken over your life. Even if it looks hopeless, even if they put dirt on it and it's buried, there's going to be a resurrection in the name of Jesus. He is the God. The Bible says God, he is the God who calls those things that don't exist as if they already exist. The Apostle Paul says we look not at the things that are seen. We look at things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. I can see clearly. I can see what the Lord has shown me. What God has shown me is the truth, and what the devil showed me is a lie. What I'm seeing is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. I am going to be healthy. I am going to be strong. I will accomplish the purpose of God in my life. I will be a blessing to people. I will be a blessing to my family. Ah, I will be a person of influence for the glory of God. I will, I will win people to Jesus Christ. I will do that. My children will flourish. My children will be healthy. My children will love God. My children will not be wayward. My children will not go the way of the world. My children will love Jesus and they will be productive individuals in society for the kingdom of God. Oh, yes, they will. Oh, yes, they will. Because God promised me that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just before I turn it over to Lady Carmen, I want you to put your hands out because I want to bless you in this consecration. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, as our hands are out, because the one thing we want is your will to be done.
And so I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you will open our hearts to receive what you have. Lord, even as you reset all of us during this season of consecration, help us not to fight you. Oh God, help us not to fight you. Help us not to fight each other, but help us to encourage each other. Help us to be accountable to each other. Help us to, as, as the writer of Hebrews said, provoke each other to love and good works. Help us to say with excitement, what did God say to you? How's it going? Because I believe, Lord, we're going to hear some stories that will encourage us. That God, if you can do it for my brother and my sister, you can do it for me. Oh, God, I'm, I am believing you that when when April 21st rolls around, we're going to look back and say, oh, my goodness. We will, have, we will have a diary full of the things you have spoken to us and the things you have done because you're going to do things during this consecration that are noteworthy. And we're going to take notes on all the things you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.